It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. All right, welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. It's the 23rd of July, 2020. This is officially the 10-year anniversary show. Now, the problem about that is I already did one. (laughs) Um, Last week, I did this episode. Um, It's a lot different about what I'm going to do now, and you know, I'm going to talk about some other things I didn't talk about before, do a little bit different things. But uh, I went on Blog Talk, and I talked for two hours. And then about five minutes after the show, I got a couple messages that said, uh, where's the show? <laughs> what happened to the show? Uh, how come you did a three minute show? Why'd you just play the intro? You know, <laughs> so, and I, uh, said, well, that, that can't be, I just talked for two hours. Uh, turns out it can be, um, I talked for two hours for no fucking reason. I hit up Blog Talk, and they said, uh, yeah, like, well, you know, sometimes that happens where uh, the browser won't recognize the equipment you're using. So you could try to, like, unplug the equipment and plug it back in if it's not working. And I'm just like, well, that's fucking ridiculous because I had no indication it wasn't working until I talked for two hours and then uh, figured out it was not working via it not existing. Um, so they have a pretty bad system on letting you know something isn't working because they really don't even prep you on, Hey, it's not working. Just stop talking right now and figure it out. They just let you talk for fucking two hours. And then if you lose it, you lose it. Um, I don't know what the deal is. I tried to do like a test episode a few times. Um, I restarted my computer. Um, I, I ran a little antivirus thing, which I was running on like a free sample. And I even paid for the thing, so it was like 30 bucks a year or some shit. So I, I did that, ran the fucking virus scan, came back, tried it again. I just did like, you know, a little private episode and just spoke for three sentences, went back, tried to listen, only played the intro. Did that like three times. Tried like, you know, changing something each time I did it. Unplugged shit, plugged it back in, blew the air into the computer again, nothing. Um, so I, I have no idea what the problem is. Uh, I'm going to try to see if I could troubleshoot that. Mish just got back to me today. So hopefully, you know, he'll be able to help me troubleshoot the, uh, situation and figure out what the, what the disconnect is. But, um, luckily, uh, Shaheen has been able to help me out and, uh, he helped me do the, uh, fitness podcast, um, last night or two nights ago, two nights ago. And, um, you know, uh, through his help, I'm doing this tonight. So a uh, big shout out to Shaheen uh, coming through in the clutch here. Um, you know, chair shot tease, wrestling overdose, uh, uh, nuclear heat graphics, you know, everything he's up to. Check him out for sure. Um, while we're at it, um, 
I got you five stars with Jeremy. Check him out. He's doing his thing, reviewing shows and all that. And, uh, you know, interviewing some people and, uh, struggling with Sozio, um, false count radio wrestling soup and the Eagles podcast with Eric, which, you know, I mean, they're, they're saying that like fans definitely aren't going to be allowed to attend, uh, you know, the Eagles games. If there's Eagles games this year, which I, I think immediately makes it a better franchise, like just without even, you know, changing anything else, like quarterback, running back, anything else, remove those shithead fans, and it's already a better franchise. It's That's almost as good as, you know, like, you know, they, they renamed the Redskins, you know, you know, so people can stop talking about that. People will stop bashing Philly fans if they just stop showing up altogether. Just just go into hiding, pretend like you don't exist, and, and then we'll just, you know, we'll – Maybe a few people root for your team to win a few games, you know, and not actually be fans. Just be like, I don't mind if they win. Now you want them to lose because the shithead fans are there reminding you of why you can't stand them. But, you know, it'd be nice to see a big, empty fucking stadium in Philly. But, um, so, yeah, uh, that's uh, got all the plugs out of the way. What else fucking went on, man? I, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I slammed my finger in a gate. And uh, split my middle fingernail on the one hand, pretty much down the middle. Uh, so that's that's a lot of fun. Um, never did that before. Um, it was like it's like a tight gate, and you have to hold the latch up with one hand and then shut it with the other hand. And uh, apparently, the one I held the latch up with wasn't out of the way, and I fucking pinched it in there. And you know. You, I pinched my finger a bunch of times in between this and that. And, you know, sometimes you think like, I'm going to look at my hand. It's going to be, you know, short a finger and you look at it and it just hurts a lot and you shake it off and you're fine. Well, this time I looked and the nail was just like ripped down the middle and I was like, God damn it. So I've been just like, you know, taping and everything. Luckily didn't break the finger or anything like that. But, uh, so I've been, you know, cleaning it and putting the gauze on it and taping it and then wearing like a rubber glove on the one hand when I work just to keep it dry and all of that shit. So, you know, seems to be, but you know, I'm, I'm still training and all of that stuff. So I haven't really missed a whole lot. Um, you know, but yeah, that's a pain in the ass. And then Sunday I went down to, um, Jersey chickens because they put up a Facebook post saying they have pullets available. When, uh, you hear pullets, that means like, um, six months old or less uh hens you know that's that's what a pullet is um so i was like well you know yeah i'd like to add a couple more hens to my group you know i I got 10 chickens now and um i was like well i can bump back up to 12 you know i unfortunately i lost a few last year and uh you know i i didn't really replace them or anything like that but i just said you know like I had already thought about like maybe adding a few more in the spring. And then when the coronavirus hit, it pretty much like everyone ran out and bought hens because they were trying to just get egg production out of them. Cause clearly the world was coming to an end. So if you could, um, you know, just have eggs happening in your backyard, you know, good on you. And, uh, you know, so shit just wasn't happening. I, I didn't think that chickens were happening for me this year, other than, you know, obviously the ones I have, but, um, sure enough, I went down there cause they had like, I don't know, six, seven breeds, like different breeds. And, um, so I was like, you know, and that's actually where I got my first three chickens from. 
And um, so I went down there and uh, I looked at a bunch of the breeds that they had, like Googled what they looked like on the Internet and like, oh, maybe I'll try this. maybe. But, you know, once you get there, you just get caught up in like, OK, I want that one right there. So I got two more. Um, one is a, um, it's an Easter egger, but it kind of looks like a, a barred rock hen. So it's got like the gray and black striping. Um, and that's um, Arabella. And then the uh, it's called the Jersey black, but she's like golden black and she's um, sunflower. So, uh, yeah, they're they're gorgeous little birds. Um, I got them in like a dog crate for now. You're really supposed to quarantine your birds about 30 days before you introduce them to the flock. So we're going to do something in that range. The other thing is, is because they're so small and I have an established adult flock. Sometimes the adults will kill something, if something like that, if you just put them in there. So I feel like if they're in the crate, getting used to them being just like around, uh, I'm going to start giving them like little supervised visits where they run around with me out there and then lock them back up and just make sure they stay safe. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of what I'm doing there with them. Um, let me see. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that's some of the, uh, things I've been up to since, uh, since I last podcasted. Um, so yeah, 10 year anniversary. Uh, it's, it's wild because it's, you know, it's always to me, it's surreal because I, I never planned on doing a podcast at all. Um, all credit always to me goes to Eric Williams, uh, because you know, he was doing a podcast and, uh, yeah, we had talked a bit because he, he did a couple podcasts with some CZW guys. And, uh, you know, I just started to get I was kind of new to even listening to podcasts. So I started like popping in and like, hey, like, hey, that was pretty good that you did this or that. Or it was cool to hear this guy on. Uh, so he started, you know, I guess uh, liking my feedback. And so, hey, what do you think about this and this? And then we got to talking and like, well, how long have you been going? And. You know, I'd been going to CZW for a long time and knew a lot of the guys and stuff. So he found that interesting. And then, you know, it just became a little banter back and forth. And I guess he liked the way that I sounded or, you know, what I had to say and felt that that was going to be, um, you know, something worth uh, having a podcast, I guess. He um, had planned on doing an interview with Trent Acid. And I told him that Trent, you know, was a guy that, you know, I talked to constantly Trent and Johnny got me into the indie wrestling. I went to a couple of shindies and I told the story on the show a million times, but, um, you know, so I, I had talked to those guys on a regular basis. Every time I went to the show, you know, we were talking to them and you know, what was up next with them. And we, I mean, we talked to them all the time. So, um, uh, you know, the, the plan was Trent wanted some people to call in some fans and friends, you know, to call in, and ask questions and whatever. So he hit me up and said, dude, you know, I'd love you to call on the show because, you know, he, he wants some fans to call in and you know him well, and it's not. So I said, Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And then between that time and the time the show was supposed to happen, he passed away. So then it became, I'm doing a Trent tribute. And then he wanted me to talk on the Trent tribute. So I, I called in on that. Um, and, uh, you know, from there, it just got rolling. We're like, we talked a bunch after that. I really appreciated him doing that tribute. 
And, uh, you know, they did a great job on that. These tribute shows, they take a lot of fucking work for anyone who hasn't done one of those. Like, I, I stopped doing them just because um, it's just, it's draining. It, it's really, really draining. Um, you know, I did a couple for J.C. Bailey. I did one for Brain Damage, uh, Larry Sweeney. Um, I, I did a bunch of them, but uh, they're, they're tough. Because, I mean, you're getting everybody to pour their heart about somebody who passed. And it's just, it, it's a rough go. Fat Frank was another one I did. Um, you know, so it's it's a tough thing to do. So I give credit to him for doing that. That's that's hours and hours and hours of work and interviews and cutting it all together. And then, you know, it, it's tough. So he did that. And we did a lot of talking after that. And before you know it, he's like, oh, yeah. I, he was talking about, like, bringing me on the podcast or whatever. And um, I guess like his co-hosts weren't really so, you know, keen on that idea. And again, I, I had no idea what I was doing anyway. So it wasn't like that was something I was dying to do. He, he was kind of like not forcing it on me, but he was like, dude, you got to do this. Like, you could do this. You know? I'm like, all right, man, like, whatever. I mean, how do I do it? Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not fucking smart technology wise, like uh, electronics and shit like this. Hence the reason why. Shaheen is currently recording this podcast because I can't figure out what the fuck's going on between myself and blog talk. So, um, he was just like, yeah, like, and then, uh, when it was like, well, you know, we're not going to do it on my show. Then he's like, well, I can make your own show. And I'm like, what What the fuck? Yeah. So then it became like, yeah, you gotta have a show. And, um, I came up with Yakuza kick radio for the name of the show and tribute to Trent acid because you know, the whole thing came back to Trent acid. Um, so, you know, and I had done the show with Eric, Eric, uh, was my co-host and, you know, we got a lot of guests and stuff like that. Initially, uh, the goal was pretty much just guests, all getting guests and everything like this. Um, and I had some great, great guests, like right off the start. Um, as I said before, Johnny Cashmere being my first guest, I'd love to have him back on, but he's been MIA from, uh, Facebook and all of that stuff for a while. Um, I had Justice Payne on, rest in peace. Uh, you know, that that's one of those that, like, you know, I hold very fondly because I don't know if there's another Justice Payne interview outside of, like, the Smart Mark interview. I don't know if there's another Justice Payne podcast out there, you know. Not that, you know, everyone was clamoring for him. As far as I was concerned, he was an enormous star to me because I was a CZW guy. And when you thought CZW world champion, you thought Justice Payne. Um, if you didn't, you weren't really paying attention to CZW. That wasn't your thing because for a long time he was the champion. He was the face of the company, despite the fact that you had your wife beater and your you guys like that doing your death matches and crazy stuff. The guy that was up top that they would bring in Jerry Lynn to wrestle. And, you know, he was like the, the heel champion. That was just his pain. Um, so just his pain was like a big one for me early on. Um, and you know, anytime I got one of those CZW guys, I really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, we rolled through a lot of guests again, I'm seven years sober now. So doing the show 10 years, that means the first three years I was fucking drunk. Um, <laughs> so not only was I inexperienced in doing podcasts, but I was fucking hammered on a regular basis. I don't know how many like times I just like, cause I did the, the show on my phone for well, well more than three years i mean i did the show on the phone for a long time a lot of times i'd be out in the backyard by the fire just fucking pounding beers and fucking 
I piss against the tree while I'm doing a show. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I was going in. Um, so yeah, it was wild. And Eric, you know, he had a habit of just like dropping off. I don't know what the fuck happened with his phone or, you know, I always joked that like a Wolverine would just come like busting in the door and attack him or something. Cause you would hear like a racket and then the phone would drop and I'd be like, Eric. And then it was just by myself. So it was kind of like a baptism by fire that I started just doing the show myself. And eventually I, I got confident enough and I was just like, dude, I, I really think I just want to do this. Just me. So we kind of parted ways. Um, but yeah, all, all credit to Eric, because I mean, if it wasn't for all of those things that fell into place, I never would have been doing this show. And over the years, you know, um, you know, I, I was a big, big wrestling fan. So I continued to get all the guests that I could, um, and, you know, I, I, I had um, varied levels of success with, you know, the interviews. And, um, you know, I for a while, too, I would watch the numbers like crazy. And the shit would drive me nuts because I'd have, like, something I thought was really good. And it would have all barely any listens. And then I'd have something that I thought was all right. But, like, you know, or just the name of the guest popped out. And that would be, like, a thousand listens. And, like, the other one had 17. It was like, dude, what the fuck? That's not even remotely close. I, you know? And it boggled my mind. It would drive me nuts for a while. But after a while, I just put it out of my head. Um, and now I rarely ever do guests. And I get a decent amount of listens for just me talking which I, you know, I couldn't be more, um, you know, appreciative of because I mean, it's just me fucking talking. It's, that's all that is. So I, I enjoy it. It's a way that I could just get stuff off my chest and rant and rave and, you know, talk shit about this and this, and, you know, and it's something to do. You know, I, you know, I work six days a week and I've been doing that for 19 years. So I, you know, this this is a hobby. This is one of many hobbies I have, and um, I I still do enjoy doing it. You know, it's it's got to fall into the right space now. It's a lot harder to get it done just because you know real life is uh is busy. You know, there's a lot going on, and uh, so, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's fucking ten years, and um, yeah, I don't know. They're, so many fucking shows I've done over the years. And I don't know as far as favorites. I mean, Z John Zandig was just such a bucket list thing. Uh, Nick Mondo, too, because Nick Mondo had disappeared for a lot of years. And just off social media, all of that, he went to just really hone his craft as a filmmaker in Japan. And there might have been a few people that were, like, on the inside that, that still kept in touch with him. Your Rory Mondos and stuff. Yeah. Um, but... Outside of that, no one really heard from him. And um, so when he kind of came back on the scene, hey, he made the, the rounds as far as interviews. That wasn't like, you know, super exclusive to me or anything like that. But it meant a lot to me because, you know, it was a guy that, you know, I, I couldn't imagine getting to sit and do an interview when so much time had passed where he didn't even, you know, pop up and say hi to anybody or anything. Um and, you know, some of these guys like Nate Hatred, you know, Nate Hatred passed and I was lucky enough to do an interview with him. And Nate showed me a lot of respect, even, you know, outside of the the interview, you know, coming up to me at the first Nick Gage invitation. I was like, oh, dude, you you know, I, I've been watching, you know, your stuff on uh, the Facebook and you, you do all those races. That's fucking badass, man. And, yeah, you're doing great. You're looking great. Like, it's like, wow, like 
Shit like that meant a lot to me over time, you know, because CZW was my home fed. It always has been. Um, as far as like my fondest memories of going back to wrestling, it, it all comes back to that early CZW stuff. Yeah, that that was that was my time. So, um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what else to say about the 10 year thing, because that's, you know, I mean, it's such a huge catalog and so many things you can go back and look at some stuff that's just fucking terrible. You know, uh, you want to hear a horrible fucking interview where I was just shit faced. Uh, the bull pain interview was was that um, I had justice pain cancel on me multiple times. I had bull pain cancel on me at least one time. And I had both of them lined up for the same day. And um, I think there was like a Sunday I was off and they both canceled on me. So I just went in drinking and I was just fucking all day just drinking and drinking and drinking. And um, then suddenly it was like fucking nine o'clock at night or something. And, and bull pain hits me up. He's like, Hey, I got out of work early. I could do the show now. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's go. And dude, I, <laughs> I didn't have shit written down. I was fucked up. Um, but yeah, like shit like that. And, uh, then I, like I said, the, the different interviews that I did that I felt, you know, very happy with, um, when I got Chris hero, I was, I think his, second interview after leaving WWE the first time. And that was, you know, credit to Ian Rotten. Um, I love my Ian Rotten interactions and interviews. I feel like that's all the past. That's I, I don't plan on that happening again, despite that, uh, Ian, you know, wants to be cool with me and this and that. Um, I, I at least I think, but, uh, not saying like he desires to hang out with me or be, I'm just saying like, I feel like he's he's on decent terms with me, but I'm all set with the guy, you know. Um, he's all right. I, I like again. I, I appreciate all the times I had him on, the conversations I got to have with him. Um, I think as far as an indie promoter goes, he's as legendary as they come. You look at the Ted Petty's, the King of the Death matches, all the things that he put on the table. I, I have a lot of respect for him in that that um, in that respect, you know, in that uh, regard. So. Um, but yeah, so much. The more I think, you know, the more names just pop up and this I enjoyed and this I enjoyed. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's that. We'll get off the 10 year thing. Um, Kanye West. Oh man. This guy, well, he, he was running for president and he, he held a press conference so that's a Stephen move. When Harriet Tubman, well, Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go work for other white people. Y'all, we leaving right now. <laughs> and that's the type of thing you had there. Uh, he, <laughs> he's out of his motherfucking mind. Uh, I just hope by no means or stretch of the imagination, any distraction happens where, you know, votes are pulled away from, from Biden. Um, I can't imagine that anyone's really rolling with the shit that he's saying. Cause he, he's not leaning heavy enough in one direction. He's just like spinning in circles and yelling profanities. Like there's, there's no, there's no actually thing you can get behind. I mean, but then again, I mean, that's the same thing I kind of thought about Trump, but you know, I feel like Kanye's a whole different type of crazy. And uh, I don't know if it's marketable at all. Um, I think people have uh, tried to defend him and tried to ride with him. And he's kind of made those people look stupid, too. So I, I can't imagine that uh, 
it's it's going to work out at all. I, I think he missed cutoffs to be on any kind of ballot or anything like that. So thankfully, I, I think he kind of fucked himself out of fucking Biden out of votes. But we know this guy was rolling with Trump. He could play that game now and all of that bullshit, you know, but when it comes down to it, he can't he can't be out there running his own fucking. Yeah, you know, his own campaign of any sign of, you know, there's nothing to this dude. And then he was saying some shit like he's been trying to divorce Kim for a while. And uh, he almost killed his baby. But then, like, uh, some shit like he was trying to get an abortion. But then, like, Kim decided not to or some shit. So now, like, he's so glad that that happened. And it's fucking wild shit. Wild, wild shit. Um, yeah, I just, I don't really understand what goes on with that dude. I think he needs to be locked up in some kind of mental facility. I do think that he needs to give, be given some kind of recording equipment and just put out some like nut house bangers. You know what I mean? Just like straight up padded room fucking bangers. Um, I feel like you're going to hear more of the same Kanye shit for like the first like couple months. But you put that motherfucker away for like a year, you're going to get some real dark psychotic shit out of him like that next year. You know what I mean? Like that second year drop is going to be fucking crazy. Like the illest Kanye shit you ever heard. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't I don't think we get any of that. Um, It's so weird. But, you know, so many cats out there just they spiral out of control. There's no way to harness just the good part of them, you know. It winds up being madness. Um, Will Smith and Jada, uh, that that shit, Jada's fucked up for that. Um, she made him look like a goddamn fool um, with that entanglement shit and all of this. She's fucking this other guy. Uh, you know, some people are saying, oh, you know, they had an arrangement or you know, an open marriage. Get out of here, man. You look like a damn fool sitting there. I feel bad for her, man, because uh, she didn't have to put it out there like that. You know, shit happens, and that doesn't make him a dickhead for it. But when she puts it out there, and he's sitting there with this fucking look on his face, like, what you mean, entanglement, Jada? You you know what that really means. And it's like, oh, man. Why has why he got to be up there like that? My favorite fucking meme is is when uh someone put a, that screenshot of him looking like that, and it says, I'm a cuss in my raps now. <laughs> I, I laughed so fucking hard at that shit. That was the funniest thing. Um but yeah, she's fucked up for that. Um, what can you do? Um, let's keep it on the uh, the rap front. Um, Shaheen gave me uh, recommendations for a couple albums, so I checked them out. Um, Jay Z J Electronica album. I I couldn't stand it. I, I tried getting through it, and I like Jay a lot, like Jay Z a lot. But uh, yeah, I couldn't fuck with it. I I just could not get with that fucking album. Uh, the Freddie Gibbs album, however, those beats are fucking crazy. It's Freddie Gibbs with, um, and I gotta be honest with you, I don't know who the fuck Freddie Gibbs is. I never heard him before. Um, I, 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 um, I can't say that I stay up to speed with like newer artists and stuff because I just like so much of it's trash. It's hard for me to wade through it all. I just, I've just like turned off to it all. And then if something like hits me that I like, then I'll go back and I'll check some more shit out. But, um, um, it's Alchemist with. Freddie Gibbs and I know Alchemist very well and that guy put down some fucking 
just unbelievable fucking beats on this fucking this album you know and i i freddie gibbs is all right i mean he he put down some some pretty good shit on there i don't want to call him like you know like like i i don't think without the alchemist beats i'd even give a fuck about this album i'll put it that way um i don't think he he i don't think he did terrible but I, I don't think he made the tracks by any stretch of the imagination. And I think some of them like, it was like, Oh, okay. You got to like wade through some bullshit that he's babbling about at the beginning of the track. Like the beat hits, it's crazy. And then he just says some old silly shit and you're like, all right, we'll try to get through that. Let's see what happens later. You know? And, and um, you know, but yeah, the, those fucking beats, man, if you're a beat guy, if you're not really big on just like the fucking lyrics, top to bottom or, you know, straight bars, I mean, just, just rock those fucking beats, man. That's some real shit. Um, definitely recommend that. Um, let me see. Last night, I didn't even know this shit was happening, but they had that DMX versus Snoop shit. And uh, DMX is all fucked up. I don't know what the fuck he's on, but he's fat now. And uh, he's just sitting there like like he's bored. Like that shit was like court ordered. Uh, they had his mic real low and I have a feeling like they had his mic low because they anticipated him fucking up. So like, even if he embarrassed himself, like, cause they were playing like the, the tracks as well as him rapping. So like, if anything, it would, you would hear more of the track, not him. And, um, Snoop just fucking killed it. Absolutely fucking killed it. He like, they were just going back and forth if you didn't see it and, and just like, it wasn't like verse really, but they were like, you know, Snoop would do one of his hits and then, uh, DMX would go into, you know, Rough Riders Anthem. He'd be like, Oh shit. Oh no. You're going to do that to me. You know? And then, uh, you know, Snoop would hit him with fucking, uh, you know, something he was doing. Um, so they were going back and forth and just like doing their hits live pretty much like verses off their hits and shit like this. And Snoop was just dancing his ass off through the whole thing. He was hyped on X's shit. He was hyped on his shit. He was having a great fucking time. I think Swiss was the uh, DJ on it. Um, but, yo, I mean, that Snoop is a fucking absolute fucking legend. I mean... You see what he fucking brought to the table. This dude, he might be the highest motherfucker in the rap game, but this dude is on point. This dude is still a complete entertainer. Um, real deal, yeah. I mean, like, there wasn't any fucking flaws in this guy's game. Like, this dude performed, you know? And they, it, it was such, like, a cool laid-back setting, like, just two dudes hanging the fuck out. But, like, real well-produced and shit for what it was. And, um, like I said... X just looked way fucking different. Like it was on some, uh, he, he didn't look like he was in it like the way Snoop was. So, um, yeah, but, uh, I don't know if they have like that shit recorded where they're putting it out or something like that, but I'm going to try to seek it out. Cause I only saw like maybe the last half hour and shit was getting me hyped. Cause you know, that old fucking nineties rap, man, that's, that's, that shit. That's that shit, man. I, I love DMX music. Um, I, I hope he dies slow. I, I really do. You know, all the fucking torture and murder of the fucking animals that he did. Um, I I can't stand the fucking guy. And I, I, I keep wishing for his death. I really do. Like, um, but uh, his music is dope. I mean, that, that early shit with him is dope. 
I mean, you know, first two albums, that's some, that's some serious shit right there. But, um, but yeah, Snoop is still the performer he was then. And, uh, I got to give him a lot of fucking credit for that. Um, all right. Um, this isn't really rap, but let's just go on this Nick Cannon shit. Cause he ain't a rapper. Uh, Nick Cannon went on some kind of fucking interview or podcast or some kind of shit. I was saying people are white people are savages and uh, they're less than black people because they don't have the melanin in their skin and the sun gives them power and the white people don't have that that same thing. So they're less than and that uh, black people are the real Hebrews and that, um, you know, just just shit like this, just just real wild shit. And uh, what he's doing is bigotry. You got to understand that. Like you, you can't have both things where, you know, this, this society has created a fucking world where people are deeming you racist. It doesn't matter how much you love your black friends. It doesn't matter, you know, that you've been listening to rap music your whole life that you're running around with, you know, this dude's jersey on and this dude's jersey on and every Sunday you're glued to the fucking television, your favorite players, black and, uh, you know, uh, you know, you got people that are like family to you that are black, you know, none of this shit even matters. Like one wrong sentence or not re- responding to a post the right way and someone on the internet will deem you racist and it doesn't matter. It's like, dude, Based on your statement, like, do I, now Pinky Sanchez, you know, I mean, he thinks I'm racist, so should I call my black friends and be like, yo, dude, I just found out you're going to hate this fucking news, bro, but apparently I hate black people, and I had no idea. Like, I had no idea. Like, I always thought I would defend you with my motherfucking life. Turns out, <laughs> I don't even like you. Like, it's wild. Like, that's what the fucking internet is doing now. That's what society is doing now. They're going like, well, if you don't do this, then you're a racist and you're part of the problem. And it's like, I, I really don't, I can't imagine. Like, that's that doesn't work for me. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't feel like anybody gets to tell me a motherfucking thing about how I feel about another race that I don't actually feel. Um, so, meanwhile, while they're doing that, they're allowing people like Nick Cannon to walk around talking as uh, the black man is king. Can you imagine if a fucking white performer or entertainer of any sort came out and said the white man is king? That shit would sound like the most racist, bigoted fucking clan member shit ever. But when a, when a, a black guy says that, suddenly that's that's just supporting his his people. That, that that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bigotry. And if we're going to come together, there is no race that's better than another race. That's that's not that's not an option if we're being equal. That's not that's not an option at all. And I understand that there's been very big racial equality, um, lack of racial equality. And there's been, you know, racism and there's been, you know, things that have happened that are completely not equal, but contributing to that by creating a divide is, is not the answer. Now I do understand where it came from because you think if years and years of people telling you that you're less than that, you're less than everybody that looks like you is less than at some point or another, if that group comes together and say, you know what, those motherfuckers are wrong. We're actually better than them. 
I understand the mentality of trying to uplift your people through that movement, but that doesn't make it right. And you got to know that when we hit a point where, you know, we've had a black president and we, we've hit so many different milestones and we've hit some, some really monumental moments in our history that we've overcome so much of the racism. It, it's always going to exist. But I do believe that racism is in the minority now. Um, I think that it still hits very hard. It, it still has a lot of power to it. And the negatives stand out a lot more than the positives. So, you know, the, the people who don't feel that way aren't really going to jump out at you the way that the, the hateful racist part of things do. But if your way of battling the hateful racism is by putting yourself up against the entire other race, much of which doesn't hate you and is on your side, I don't feel like we're making progress. I don't feel like I don't I don't feel like we're coming together in that in that line of talking, you know? I I just don't I don't like to hear that type of shit. And I, I've thought that for a long time. Like that the black man is king shit is not is not an okay statement. It's really not. You know what I mean? You're you're looking at another race as less than you, and that's that's not right. You know what I mean? So I, I don't believe in that. So when I hear these type of shits come out of Nick Cannon, he's a jerk off. He's been a jerk off. He's made all the fucking money he can off of every single group and every avenue he can. And then once he had enough fucking money, he backed up and tried to just throw fucking racist statements out there. And, you know, a lot of people backed his bullshit up. You know, Busta Rhymes and Cassidy, all these other people, all these other rappers are backing up his fucking statements. And then when he realized, like, oh, shit, I'm going to lose every job I have in Hollywood because that shit's not really OK. And I, they can't support your statement while canceling other people for statements against black people or statements against LGBT. Or they, they, they can't go like, yeah, yeah, Nick. Yeah, good, good shit there. They, they can't do it. You know what I mean? So then he makes an apology and then, you know, everybody else is turning on him. You know, the people who were supporting that bullshit going like, oh, you sold out. But nah, man, that those are the wrong fucking statements. You know what I mean? And I, I just I don't like that. There's no way for me to support something like that when it creates more division. You know, we got to come together and it's got to be good versus evil. It can't be white versus black. It can't be, you know, uh any any kind of other race versus any kind of race. It's got to be good versus evil. Good versus evil, we can come together all colors and we can battle against the evil. You know? The evil that affects you, the evil that affects me, the evil that affects them. Everybody who the evil affects, we could all come together regardless of color and we could we could say, all right, let's identify this as a problem. And we could work on that. You know what I mean? And then we could hopefully outnumber the, the problem. But we can't outnumber the problem if we start making people a problem who aren't a problem, you know? So that's just me. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, um, I'm going to take a little break here. Um, and I want to play a song this to me. And, you know, I'm always like searching new music and I don't mean new by just came out new, but new to me stuff. So I went down like a, a realm of BB King and, uh, I stumbled upon this song, 
which, you know, look, it was a hit back then in the fucking 60s, so you know, I stumbled across it. It's not like I discovered it. I discovered it for me, but not, you know, for the people who already knew about this shit. Um, and I feel like this song is, like, one of the greatest songs of all time. Um, it's called Don't Answer the Door. Um, and the, the, the first off, musically, instrumentally, the shit he does with Lucille, his guitar... I mean, man, that shit is killer. You go fucking get some fucking decent speakers or whatever or put your headphones on and crank that motherfucker up in your headphones and that shit just fucking talks to you. So now you go from that, what it is instrumentally and how fucking good that is. How cool is that fucking sound? When you hear that fucking guitar coming through, that, that that's the coolest shit out there. So, and there isn't music like that anymore. It's not, it's just not that anymore. Um, you listen to that sound. Now you listen to the, all right. That now his premise on this song is he don't want anybody in his house when he's not home. Now you might think he's talking about no other guys. No, he marks it out real fucking quick. He ain't talking about no guys. He doesn't want her sister in the house. He doesn't want her mother in the house. Like, so when he gets to the line and he's singing this shit passionately, he ain't fucking around with you. When he talks about her mom coming to the house, I died. The first time I heard this shit, I cracked the fuck up. Talk about LOL. Like I legitimately was dying. I was just fucking laughing out loud. I had to run it back and hear that shit again. Um, when he says, if your mother want to come and visit, tell her I get home about the break of day and that's too late to visit anybody baby <laughs> i fucking died yo bb king on some real shit check it out
I don't want your sister coming by Because the little girl, she talked too much If she want to come by to visit us Tell her to meet her Sunday down at the church Cause I don't want a soul, baby If your mother want to visit us, tell her I get home about the break of day. And that's too late to visit anybody, baby. So tell her to please stay away, cause I don't want a soul, baby. Hanging around my house when I'm not at home. You feel a little sick, baby And you know you're home all alone I don't want the doctor at my house, baby You just suffer till I get home Cause I don't want a soul, baby Hang around my house when I'm not at home I mean, that's that shit right there. That's absolutely that shit right there. You, I mean, you got to love that. I, I mean, if, if you're into the instrumental side of things, so much of it. I mean, it, it's just it's great. It's just great. Um, apparently, Aiden Blackheart asked John Gray for $300 to do a podcast. Who the fuck told Aiden Blackheart that John Gray had $300. (laughs) That shit is bizarre to me. There's no way John Gray has $300. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I that speaks to me like in, in a couple different ways. Like, first off, like who, who, what makes him think that type of money exists in this guy's house? Number two, it, it maybe he just thinks this guy's such a dickhead that he would talk to him. But man, you're gonna have to pay me a lot of money to fucking talk to you. That's I've had like almost nobody ask me for money to do the podcast. I think the only one was fucking Leo Rush. You know, within the first probably six months, eight months of him being a wrestler. By the way, that final match shit he did is garbage. Um, he was hyping his final match, his final match. And I'm thinking like, well, I hope he gets like one more with Joey. Because I'm going to have a final match with anybody. I think that's like probably the biggest uh, like feud kind of back and forth thing he had. I mean, he was hyping his final match in the date. And, I, you know, I'm not really on top of my wrestling because I'm not really like that into it, you know. So I did, did like a quick Google search for like the dates, the date. And I'm like, I don't see any shows running that day. I don't, I don't think that's even like a. But maybe WWE's doing something and they're allowing him to come back for a day. I, I don't know what the fuck's going on. But I was like, oh, I put it out of my head. And then suddenly it was like, final match. I wanted to do something special. And it's like the name of an album. And he dropped the fucking album. And it's just, it's fucking garbage, man. Like, get out of here with this. I'm not trying to hear that. Um, so fuck all of that. Um... What else I got here? Donald Trump, um, this fucking guy, it, I, I don't understand the support, the support. I just don't under, understand the support at all. This dude, he fucking is supporting a child sex trafficker. Check it out right here. A lot of people want to know if she's going to turn in powerful people, and I know you've talked in the past about Prince Andrew, and uh, you've criticized Bill Clinton's behavior. I'm wondering, uh, do you feel that she's going to turn in powerful men? How do you see that working out? I don't know. I haven't really been following her too much. I just wish her well, frankly. Uh, I've met her numerous times over the years, especially since I lived in Palm Beach, and I guess they lived in Palm Beach, uh, but I wish her well. Whatever it is, uh, I don't know the situation with Prince Andrew. Just don't know. Not aware of it. Now, when you hear that, like, he wishes her well. She's being brought up on child sex trafficking charges. There's pictures of her with him from back in the day at all sorts of parties. Trump and Epstein. And then fucking... She's right there in the cut, big-ass smile on her face. And, and the story was that she would fucking... She would get all of these young girls, these underage girls. She would, like, pimp them. She would, like, talk them into this fucking situation. And then all these rich people, she'd feed them to these rich dudes. So bang them. And he, he was around these motherfuckers. So when this bitch is being brought up on fucking... Child sex trafficking, char trafficking charges... This dude is the president of the United States. He can't even go like, look, man, uh, I used to hang with her back in the day. I always thought something was up, but, man, I didn't know it was like that. He could do just that. 
and then he's clear. He's cool. Like, yeah, he's not cool, but, you know, hey, at least he takes a stance like, look, man, that's some terrible shit, and I really hope that ain't the case. Uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I wish you're well. I, I, quite frankly, I wish you're well. It's like, what the fuck? Are you serious? This dude is fucking serious. And, and you got motherfuckers talking about, Joe Biden, I think he sniffed that girl's hair in the video where they were in the group picture, and then he bent down like maybe he was talking in her ear, but I think he was sniffing her hair. And it's like, dude, this guy just wished somebody well who's up on child sex trafficking charges. Shut the fuck up about what you think Joe Biden might be up to. Suck a cock. You go. You don't get to get mad at fucking people and try to turn people into fucking pedophiles. When someone legitimately supporting fucking child sex trafficking is your fucking president and the guy who you're riding with. It's bullshit. Like I saw Drake Younger posted this old fucking crazy ass video about oh, fucking uh, uh, Planned Parenthood is selling fetuses and we need to stop them immediately. Now, all right, first off, um, I have a couple thoughts on this. And and it's kind of a kind of a different point of view than I think most people would have. But um I don't know. All right. First off, because a lot of this gets put in the same boat. Drake and many other crazy-ass Republicans believe that abortion is fucking uh, evil, wrong. It's it's immoral. It's, you know, a crime. It's it's murder. It's, you know. Um, there There is... There are so many unwanted children in this fucking country and on this planet in general. And we're already an overpopulated um, society it's you know it's it's ravaging and taking away nature nature is going away because they're ravaging forests and continuing to build you could do all this paper free stuff you know you could do all this uh paperless stuff to save trees but they're still knocking fucking trees down to build communities and and more more things everywhere you know they they the Politicians are at a constant battle. Uh, your Donald Trumps are at a constant battle to get, you know, things protected land unprotected so they could develop on it and, and keep knocking things down. Just in the town that I live in alone, I, I've seen so many patches of woods turn into strip malls. And and, and watch the, the raccoons and the deer and the this and the that get pushed out into the fucking public. Yeah, how many how many bear sightings you guys seen on the news in the past couple of years? Why do you think that is? Do you think they're just bored of their home? You think it's fucking not there anymore because we keep developing. These are the type of things that are happening because we're so fucking overpopulated. We don't have a problem of blowing something's fucking head off with fur on it because we feel like there's too many of them. You know? It's fucking unreal. But when it comes to a woman making a choice that she doesn't want to have this kid, she could be addicted to drugs and know that, you know, I, I don't need, you know, they don't even want to get through the day, the week, the month, whatever. And, and now you're going to bring a child into this world. And then what? 
this child is going to be born dependent on something. You know, there's all sorts of situations that just it isn't the right fucking place for this child to be born. And you can say, oh, you put them up for adoption. Okay, cool. So all the fucking orphanages and and, and all the, the kids that are looking for families just need more competition. You know, that's like saying, oh, let all the, the puppies and kittens be born. Never, ever, you know, stop any of those from being born. Never, Don't stop spaying things because, you know, we just put them up for adoption. Well, I'll be the first to tell you that that's, uh, that's not a good plan. And there's um, way more needing homes than there are homes that, that want them. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's similar in, in the realm of children and these small windows that we have to develop the mind of this human being, if it isn't handled right and it isn't handled delicate, delicately and nurtured, we often create some of the biggest problems in our society. Some of the, the, the killers, the, you know, the, the, the pedophiles, the this, the that. Not to say that anybody, you know, who's orphaned, you know, is a criminal or anything like that. But many times these these children that are born without a parental structure suffer major difficulties in life and take bad turns. I'd say there's probably a pretty high percentage on on those happening. Um, so for you to be selfish because you've decided that Jesus says... You didn't talk to Jesus. You're a fucking crazy ass. Um, you know, you're out of your fucking mind. You, you don't know Jesus. Um, you're basically talking to yourselves. Um, so you you decided this is evil. And everybody, now you don't have to have any hand in it. You don't have to help anybody out. But you just want those kids to exist. And then you just want to walk around with your fucking head in the air. And just, you know, whatever happens to them happens to them as long as they just exist. Because God forbid, you know somebody else's life isn't, you know, the way that they want it. You know, you know, a woman has a right to do what they want with their body. You know, that's just, that's just a fact. And that's, that's the reason why, like you could, you could back this Trump asshole because fucking you, you think he's pro-life. You're out of your fucking mind. This dude hasn't had at least a dozen abortions fucking paid for by him. You gotta be fucking crazy. So that that's my first thing about, you know, just the, the, the abortion side of things. Um, secondly, if a woman is choosing to um, have an abortion now, I, I don't really know, like the full process. I've never had any involvement in like abortion specifically, uh, you know, personally. Um, but if they abort this fetus, then now what's what's the normal procedure? They throw it in the garbage you know what I mean? Like, or I don't think they get, they give it to you to take home. So now if this thing that would otherwise be medical garbage is, is put into other hands that helps create stem cell research and maybe saves other people's lives that are, that are alive. I don't know that that's a terrible thing. So again, I don't know what the legitimacy of this, uh, Planned Parenthood is selling fetuses and this and that, but they're not like abducting pregnant women off the street and fucking aborting them and selling their, their unborn child. That's not what's happening. So half of the reason why this is such like a, you understand how evil this Planned Parenthood is, is because they want to stop abortion. That's not, you know, they're not 
so much concerned with that other side of things. Maybe they are, but it comes right back to them calling abortion just the worst thing that can happen. And, and I don't agree. So I, I, I don't really know as far as what's happening with the afterwards, with the after product and this and that. And from what I saw, there was like, it was debunked years ago, but then it keeps resurfacing. Because again, there's this whole side that's, that's dead set on trying to shut down Planned Parenthood. So, I mean, that's the route they're going to keep going if that's, if that's their, uh, you know, if, if that's their best line of defense or best form of attack. So, I don't know. But I, I think it's fucking nutty. And again, like, the end result isn't like, okay, well, throw it in the garbage if, if uh, you know, it happens. They're like, no, don't let it happen. Well, then I don't think we can have this conversation because it's going to happen. And it's a woman's right for it to happen. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, I honestly think we need less fucking people on this planet. So if a couple people ha have the right mind to say, hey, like, I'm not fit for this shit. And I'm going to put this kid into a fucking really, really difficult childhood. And, and I don't want to do that. I, I feel like that's in a lot of times that's a very responsible decision. I don't say people should just run around getting knocked up and just abort them on a, on a regular basis. But, you know, if they do get pregnant and then realize that like this, I'm not equipped for this and I'm not putting a child through this dangerous, difficult life, then I then I got to go like, yo, you know, that's that's your call. You know, that's not, you know, Jesus is calling, so, you know, but. If it was, I mean, yo, if Jesus was so against that and he, he controls fucking everything, I feel like he would have fucking abolished that shit. No, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, he controls like lightning and shit. Wasn't he burning these fucking things down like all the time? I know it's not like Zeus or anything, but I mean, if that was like his thing, like, yo, I hate that shit. Every time there was a storm, he'd be like another abortion clinic burns to the ground with that terrible storm. It's like, <laughs> you know feel like he'd be able to re redirect a couple bolts, you know, if it was all under his control. Um, so, yeah. Oh, um, so I'm actually going to see a fucking comedy show. Um, I forget the date. It's, it's in August, I think the 17th. Now, I, you know, I had seen a bunch of comedy last year, and I... Me and Nina decided, like, yo, we're going to see so much fucking comedy next year in 2020... And, you know, as soon as the fucking year opens up, we're going to start finding dates and we're going to start just knocking these motherfuckers out and uh, anything in the area. We're going to try to see every one of our favorite comedians that show up in this area and all this. And then coronavirus hit and was like, mm, guess comedy is not happening this year because I'm sure as fuck not going to anything, even if it showed up. Right. The other day I see a fucking ad uh, Count Basie uh, dry. Uh, Presented by Count Basie, it's like a comedy drive-in or whatever, right? Uh, Burt Kreischer is doing a tour of drive-ins. Um, so this is the way it's set up. It's at Mammoth Race Park, right? You pull up in your car. The cars are spaced nine feet apart. You're not allowed to get out of your car. No tailgating, no any of that. Strictly enforced. Um, you pay by the car. Um, you're allowed up to four people in your car. And you, if you show up with more than four people, they send you the fuck out of there and no refund. Um, 
You're only allowed to get out of your car to go to the bathroom if you need to. That's it. The cars are spaced nine feet apart. You can keep your windows open with these cars spaced this way. Um, but uh, and and also, so not only is he on stage with a big ass screen behind him, so you could see it from far away, but then they have big speakers and all that. But it also transmits through um, an FM station that's specific to that location. So in your car, you'll be hearing what he's doing up there as well as seeing him and seeing the big screen and the speakers and this and that. So I get to fucking go to a comedy show safely in 20 fucking 20 during the fucking pandemic and our first fucking date night this year. So I'm very fucking excited. Uh, you know, it was kind of expensive, but again, like, you know, I, I didn't get to do any of my races. I would have spent money on every one of my races. Uh, you know, we would have done multiple comedy shows. I, I would have spent money on all of those things. So this is like one thing that we go get, we get to go do. And, I, and I'm very fucking excited about it because it's, you know, what a great fucking setup. That That's a, a fantastic arrangement. And this isn't like fucking... ICW's fucking drive-in thing where everybody hops out of the car and MDKs and pours beer in each other's mouths. Like, you know, this is some fucking legitimate shit. And, you know, they're they're not playing any kind of fucking games. Um, they will kick you the fuck out of there to keep this type of thing an option. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm fucking excited for that. Burt Kreischer's a fantastic comedian. And uh, I've been wanting to see him for a while. And now, now it's happening. So, uh, I definitely recommend, you know, people going and seeing this, uh, if they can, I don't know if it's sold out or not. I know I got mine. Um, and yeah, like, like I said, it's, it's some unheard of shit and, um, I never even would have thought of it. Um, but here, here it is. Um, let me see. Nick fucking gauge, right? Um, well, let's just start off with this clip. Hey, Ava, it's Nick Gage. How you doing? Uh, your parents were telling me you're having a hard time, uh, getting toilet trained. Well, I'll tell you what, I was in the same boat myself. My mom took me forever to potty train me. But, you gotta do it. So just keep asking, uh, excuse me, keep listening to your mom and keep using that bathroom and eventually you would get this thing down pat stay strong Ava stay strong Nick Gage yeah that's uh that's that's uh Nick fucking Gage for you um so now look uh Nick Gage for a lot of years was my favorite wrestler um you know as a diehard CCW fan um what he was doing was just top fucking notch. It just, he brought an intensity to the table. He brought a fucking anger to the table. He brought something that was just unbreakable. Like he just, he didn't fucking let up on that. Any person he was in the ring with, he was looking across the ring. Like he hated that motherfucker with everything he had. And some of those guys, you knew he was cool with. But it was like a light switch. You'd, you'd, you know, be behind the building, you know, hanging out with him, talking with him, this and that. And he'd joke around with, you know, Trent or this and that. 
But when he was out there in the fucking ring, it was like, not here, motherfucker. And that, you know, that was just that next level Nick Gage. And, you know, a lot of these new fans, these young kids and shit, they're all talking about, oh, you know, no, this Gage is better. Ah, fuck yourself. I, I just, I have no fucking tolerance for it. And uh, this this Gage is, is definitely, as far as I'm concerned, he's going to die. Um let, let's let's run down the fucking history of this human being. Um, you know, at least a, a little brief uh, synopsis. The guy is a wrestler for CZW, almost primarily. Wrestled a couple other places, but he's really a CZW guy through and through. He gets hooked up with the fucking drugs, gets so fucking hooked on the pills that he robs a bank in broad daylight. The guy's so stupid that he he wears a mask to the fucking ring. He doesn't wear a mask to the fucking bank. Uh, this is this is like this coronavirus shit before coronavirus. Like, you know, Loki wears a training mask all the fucking time. Suddenly they want him to wear a mask. He's like, I'm not doing it. Uh, you know. Um, so Gage fucking robs a bank in broad daylight. Does four to five years. Violates fucking parole within one year of being out. Goes back in. Um, the first time he came out, he was jacked the fuck up. It looked like he was in prison for a while, and he he had a whole different fucking build. This guy was hairy as fuck and never any kind of muscle tone to him before. He was strong, but he wasn't muscle toned at all. You'd never see this guy without his shirt. The only time he did is when he pulled his shirt off because he was on fire, torn him to death. Um, never fucking see him without a shirt. Um, so... He comes out of fucking jail the first time, out of prison the first time, and he's jacked the fuck up. No shirt. I'd assume Brett shaved his back on a regular basis because someone had to, and my guess is Brett. Um, so he he's like that for a bit. Now he goes back in after you know not even a year being out. He violates. He goes back in. Uh, he comes out, and he's not quite as big. He he's still got some decent size on him. He's still wearing you know no shirt, this and that. Well. Yeah, you know, some months go by, uh, whatever his parole or whatever wears off. And now not only is the shirt on, there's like the shirts on the fucking, he's got shorts on with the tights underneath the shorts. He's really hiding his fucking skin at every possible turn. Uh, the guy has withered away. He doesn't have any kind of tone again. And uh, a lot of the looks I've seen at him has been kind of sickly. You see the bags under his eyes. You see, you know, and this guy ain't really doing shit at GCW. I mean, he was doing a bunch of other shows before the, you know, coronavirus hit and stuff. But this is not the same aggressive Nick Gage either. This time he came out of prison. Now he's he's screaming. I'm in a gang. I'm in a gang. You're all in a gang. You're in a gang. A shot caller. This and that. Everybody's a shot caller. And it's like, dude. <sighs> Like, a shot caller in, in prison is, like, somebody who organizes shit. He's, like, the leader. He's, like, the motherfucker that, you know, that nobody fucks with. Everybody looks to him for what's going to go down. Like, you, you don't get to make moves without going through the shot caller. You're, you're telling me all these fucking dirty dickheads in the fucking front row and uh, you know, drooling on themselves with fucking Cheeto dust on their fucking fingers. These guys are shot callers now? Like, what the fuck are you doing? You're not even taking your own fucking uh, prison identity seriously because you're deeming these shitheads, these fucking filthy shitheads that lives in their fucking mother's house and, and and look like absolute garbage every day of their life. 
You're calling them shot callers and gang members and this and this. And now it's not even like the Nick Gage who's just ready to rip everyone's head off. He's thanking motherfuckers in the ring. He's shouting people out on commentary. Uh, he, he, shout out to all the good people out there. He said on commentary like a year ago. Like, dude, th- that's a real thing Nick Gage said. Nick fucking Gage. Are you kidding me? Um, he's fucking smiling. He's telling the fans every fucking match. He's almost crying on the mic. Oh, I can't do this without you guys. I, uh, I fucking love you guys. You know, he's fucking, he's not the same. And now where you believed in the fucking gauge before that was just ripping motherfuckers heads off and completely unapologetic and just an absolute savage out there. Now, like he's wrestling and he's having some good shit and there's some really good gauge matches after, you know, he came out the second time. Um, But it's not the same. It's not, you know, you're not looking at a guy who, strikes fear in his opponents anymore it's just not a thing um and he's just he's he doesn't have that fucking killer instinct or any of this and like first off because i know like any one of you assholes on your little mdk page and um these deathmatch fucking junkies and whatever um you guys are gonna say to yourself uh and you're gonna say to each other because that's the way you feel safe uh oh jcat's talking shit bet he won't say that to nick cage's face First off, I don't have to go around and tell people to their face that I think they're living a shit life. I I don't have to go, like, if I don't agree with somebody, I don't have to go find them and tell them. So that's for starters. So this this isn't, like, a thing that I wouldn't say. I have no reason to go seek someone out to be like, hey, I don't think you're doing good. You look shit. You look like shit. Like, I don't. That's not my life. My life isn't to fucking go find people at 42 years old and start with them and tell them that they're, that they're looking like shit. That, that doesn't even make sense. Number one. Number two, if you think, if you look at the way that I'm fucking put together, the training that I do, the fact that I'm not addicted to drugs like Nick Gage, and you think it would just be an easy fucking go... You're out of your fucking mind. I'm not scared of Nick Gage for one fucking second. Like, there, there's no fucking part of me that goes like, oh, dude, uh, I don't want to be around. Get the fuck out of here, dude. You, you clearly don't know shit about me. I'm not the baddest motherfucker in the world by any stretch of the imagination. But neither is he, dude. Like, stop believing the fucking hype. This dude has a drug problem. So... The clip we just heard about the potty training, um, he is selling his ass on fucking Cameo for $25. He'll he'll talk to your kid about potty training, which, again, like, people are just fucking with him, and he's too stupid to know or care. Um, because for $25 fucking dollars, he's going, like, yeah, like, first off, what fucking three-year-old knows who the fuck Nick Gage is? Number one, that's either the worst parent on the fucking planet, because at three years old, like... I mean, there's so many Disney characters they need to learn about and Looney Tunes and this and this. And even Looney Tunes is a little fucking rich for a three year old. You know what I mean? A little little too uh, violent and shit. But if they know who Nick Gage is with the busted out fucking tooth. You know, which again, like, guys, you guys are on this fucking page. And every time my name comes up, you start telling people that I look like a meth head. But like, I've never done meth in my life. And your hero has a busted out fucking tooth and is withering away, screaming into the fucking camera, happy birthday, with a fucking uh, black bandana with hearts on it. I don't know if you know what meth is, but that's what meth looks like. Um, I, you know, And a lot of you guys have done meth. 
So it, it's kind of crazy. Like so many of your fucking heroes that you're fucking buying t-shirts from do meth. So, uh, you know, again, it, it's just a lot of silly statements come out of that camp, but you know, I don't really pay a whole shitload of attention to it because they're garbage. They're bottom feeders. Um, but anyway, so he, he's just like saying $25. Hey, somebody said you like fucking sh- alligators. Fuck alligators. I like fucking sharks. Sharks are the fucking best. And dude, what the fuck is going on? And Joey Janela chimes in. Oh, no, I was around him last week and he was fine. Maybe he's just stoned. Well, first off, he's got a drug problem. So just stone doesn't work. You don't get to just smoke weed when you have an addiction to another drug. That's not the way a drug addict works. You can't just go, oh, I got it under control now. I'll just smoke weed. That's that's not what that does. You know, that's that's not the same thing. Um, You can't do it. Um, So and, and, you know, again, this is a guy who was, you know, weak enough to fucking not stay on the, the straight and narrow for a year after he spent four to five in. So don't, don't tell me that he, oh, he's just high. He's just whatever. He's just, you know, and that, uh, he made like three grand in two days off a of cameo. Okay. So he'll be dead soon is what you're saying. Um, the other thing about like when you, oh, I saw him, he, he seemed fine. Well, most drug addicts seem fine when they're on it. It's when they're not on it is when you know something's up because most people, you know, when they get into those drug, um, cycles, they're only fine when they're on it. That's how they live. That's how they, they function normally is if they have what's keeping them going. They hit a day without it, you'll see a whole different motherfucker that, that you'll be like, oh, something's up with him. He's on something. But he, at the time, he's actually not on something. So more times than not, these guys are functional drug addicts. And, you know, the times where you think he's just fine and he's the same as he's been for the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, look at the fucking look at the build. Look at the everything. You know, where, where the fuck has this guy been going? Nowhere. Like, just every, just like everyone else. I mean, now he's, he's walking all over the streets yelling at his cameo. But what is he doing that he can't be fucking training or working out or anything? All he, he does is fucking wrestle. Well, you, you would think you would build towards that that goal. You know, the, the physique and all of that shit. Like, it, it doesn't make fucking sense. But... Again, like, if you can't look at this guy's situation to know this guy went to fucking jail and, and, you know, let's let's not make this a tough guy thing either, because he didn't go to jail for fucking killing someone or fucking beating the shit out of somebody. He went to jail because he was strung out on drugs enough to walk into a fucking bank and demand money and then run away and then run the fuck away and be on the run. You know, where his brother, I I had talked to his brother at the time because, you know, I had had him on the podcast and everything else. And uh, his brother was like, yeah, like I had family over for Christmas and he's fucking like the, the cops came to my fucking house and like I got the family over and like they're fucking ripping my closets apart looking for my brother that I told them isn't there. And, and like, this is what I'm dealing with. You know what I mean? Like this, this is the guy we're talking about. We're not, we're not talking about like all that MDK shit's cute, but he, the only person he's ever killed in, in his life is him in that death match. 
and they came back, you know, after the blood transfusion or whatever the fuck they did in the, the helicopter. That that's the only person he actually killed. You know, clearly nothing in prison because he would have got more time. So, um, you know, it, it's a cute gimmick, but he he seemed like more of a killer before he went in. So I, I'm not really I'm not really into it. Um, he, he sounds more like a cheerleader now with the M, and the key, D, and the K. Give me an M. Give me a, yeah. You know, oh, who's the man? I'm the man. Who's the MDK all fucking day. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, a pep rally more so than it does the old Nick Gage who just want to you just tell like his fucking music hit. And, you know, there is no time for bullshitting. It's fucking over for the motherfucker he's up against. You know, you look at like hate club versus fucking um, hero and B-boy from that cage of death where like motherfuckers like caught shit for that. Like hero caught shit for me. And like, dude, don't let motherfuckers treat you like that. Like. I think Hero was Ian's champion at the time. It was like, dude, I, I can't have you going somewhere else and letting people like job you the fuck out like that because like, you know, you're supposed to be my champion and, and you're getting fucked up. Like, you know, that, shit like that. Like that was the old fucking gauge. That was the old fucking killer. Um, but if you can see like he went through this fucking path and was was that fucking out of control and now his former partner is dead. You know, like how hard does that have to be on him? I mean, we're fans and we fucking mourn the loss of Nate hatred. Like, dude, that's fucking rough. Great fucking dude. I just told you how much I loved having him on the podcast, how much of an honor it was because, you know, he, he was another part of my fandom of CCW, the Hey Club, fucking legendary. And, and to know that that guy is gone, I mean... For a good period of time, who was closer to fucking Gage in the wrestling business than fucking Nate Hatred, his fucking partner in the Hay Club? Um, month in, month out, it was those two together, you know. And then it was those two feuding, and then back together. I mean, you, you know that like that's gotta fucking hit hard. And then add to that, I don't know what terms they were on at the end, you know. I mean, you know they've they've had their ups and downs, but his fucking brother is dead. And, dude, like, if you would have told me that, like, you got Justice Payne, who's a couple years older than Nick Gage, and uh, Justice Payne was a guy who was married with kids, loved his kids, kids loved him. Now, I know the divorce is something that sent them off the, you know, off the deep end, but, like, this dude left the wrestling business to just focus on his family and his career and this and this and just get away from all of that, which, you know, there's a lot of toxic atmosphere there. He leaves that. He's got kids. He's got a wife. He's got this and that. And the other guy stays in the in the toxic environment, stays in the wrestling business, except for the hiatus that he takes because he robs a bank in broad daylight because he's strung out on drugs. And if you would tell me that the guy who was married with kids who left the wrestling business would die first, I wouldn't fucking believe you. So, again, if you think you look at Nick Gage and go, he's doing fine, everything's great, stop being a hater, you're retarded. You're just not a smart person. Where do you think Nick Gage is at 50 years old? I think 50 years old would be surprising to see him live to. I think 60 is completely out of the question. I, I think an alive Nick Gage at 60 is completely out of, off the table. 
Because when wrestling is done, he has nothing. You don't think that Nick Gage is going to be doing 200 light tubes at 50 years old, do you? Because I don't. And he keeps saying that shit. Oh, I'll die in this fucking ring. And all of that shit sounds great. That shit sounds really great and gimmick. But when you realize that there's a big fucking reality to it, that there's not a lot of other options for him. What's he going to do next? He's making a couple grand here and there and there. And half of these people are doing it as a joke. Oh, Nick Gage, wish happy birthday to my sister. You know, she doesn't even like wrestling. I heard you don't fucking like wrestling. Well, I'm the god of this shit. You know, for fucking $25, you look retarded. It's just a shame. It's a shame because, you know, Nick Gage was such a big part of my fandom. When it came down to those bucket list interviews, Nick Gage has always been one of them. I don't even want to talk to him now, which is a shame because, you know, part of me even saying that starts putting this interview together in my head. And I, and I have for years, but I saw the little fucking, uh, what do they ask MDK that he did on the, the in, independent TV or whatever they call it. And the one part he goes, uh, like he's fading in and out of like kayfabe and, you know, real shit. And I forget what the actual question was, but it was something about like, what would you do if you wrestled this guy or how would you like to wrestle this guy? And he goes like, maybe I'll hit him with a scoop slam or maybe a power slam. And then he pauses and Brett's just trying to move on. And Brett goes, okay. And while he's saying, okay, he goes knife. And Brett goes, what? And he goes, one time, Nick Mondo wanted me to cut him from from here. And he's like pointing at his stomach. He's like, and he's like, belly button? He's like, yeah, yeah, belly button. He wanted to cut cut all the way up his chest. I wouldn't do it. Uh, Oh, okay. Uh, Where the fuck did that come from? You know what I mean? Like, this... This guy is not, you know, and they started asking him, like, a few people asked him legitimate, like, good questions. And he's like, I don't, I don't fucking remember that shit. So even, like, the amazing interview I could do with fucking Gage, because I really feel like there's no better person out there that can interview Gage than me. Because I was such a fucking fan. You know, I still have the fucking, the, the red and the yellow fucking hardcore Nick Gage shirts. Like... I don't know how many there are still out there, but I have both of them still fucking great shape. All of that. Um, I bet you Gage doesn't have one of those anymore. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was just an enormous fan and, um, you know, to see so much of the CZW locker room gone and to see this guy going in the direction he has, it, it's amazing that some of the people that have passed went before him. And for a lot of years, I really wished that, you know, he would turn himself around and this and this. And at this point, it's just, it's so far gone. And there's too many just yes men and and people just encouraging him and telling him he's doing great. And just, just facilitating this fucking behavior and this lifestyle. That I feel like it's just, he's he's just on the clock. And how long is it going to be? I don't know. But this isn't me just hating on Nick Gage because what's my motivation? I was the biggest fucking fan he had. Like what? You know, and this isn't me competing with anybody else. I'm just saying, like, I I, I couldn't have been a bigger fucking fan of Nick Gage. Go watch the old fucking DVDs. I'm in the front row. I've left my fucking feet when his music hit. Jumped the fuck up off my chair. I was fucking as amped as I could be. You know, 
it's it's fucking insanity to watch this guy like this. And it, it's not it's not a good place. It's not good. It's not better. It's not any any of the things that people are saying to support what he's doing right now. It's it's not good. I understand cameo to pay the bills because what else can you do, especially in a pandemic when you know you don't have a lot of bookings, you can't really work anywhere. This and that. I, I get it, but this is not a guy who's doing well. So when you add that type of money to a, to an addiction to a problem, not good, not good. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's what I got there uh, on Gage. There's there's a lot of silly ass videos. I I, I, can't, I every couple of days or every week, whenever I remember, I search up the Nick Gage cameo, and you can just go through like probably 10, 15 videos on there, and just just click them and just laugh and laugh because I mean, what else can you do when it comes to this shit? And uh, yeah, it's that that um that heart bandana was was something else. That was a that was some new shit. Um, let me see, I. I Fucking, I gotta pull up this uh, GCW backyard deal. Um. All right. Now, so I had been pretty much done with watching wrestling. I had been telling you guys this for a long time on the show, but I was done. Um. Suddenly, I got like an urge to watch old CCW stuff and watching those like backseats versus hate club shit like that got me all amped up. And then on 4th of July, I wasn't really doing anything, defending my birds running around back and forth in the backyard. I, you know, I had baby pigeons that were like five days old. So uh, I was back there checking on them and stuff as fucking sounded like a war zone out there with the fireworks. Um, finally, that's kind of toned down. You get an occasional still. You know, especially on the weekends, but uh, it wasn't as bad as it was leading up to. And Fourth of July weekend was just insanity. But um, so I was like, eh, I ain't really doing anything. Let me just put this on. So I put on uh, I had a link or whatever the fuck. Um, so I put it on and I, the first two matches were great. So I the first match was Ricky Champagne versus Alex Zane. Alex Zane is fucking incredible. Every time you see this guy leave his feet, he's just about to do some wild shit you've never seen before. You know, he um, he did like a front running front front flip over the top of a car. I don't even mean the hood. I mean, over the top of the fucking car. Um, he's just absolute insane. Um, I also thought fans should really chant in it's Zane it's Zane when he does some shit because then you know on, on video it's it's all gonna blend together when the crowd goes and it's gonna sound like insane so I, th- I feel like it'd be a good champ I don't know I don't give a fuck um but yeah he's he's super fucking talented when I think about like guys who would fit the old CZW model for what CZW was Alex Zane Darby Allen uh Schlack like these are the guys that would fit that old fucking model the you know today's Chris Dickinson back in those days of CZW I mean just that would be fucking just just murder crew back if you could put like the crew that they had back then plus these guys that I'm talking about I mean just just unbelievable stuff um but uh so I mean this this was a great match great back and forth action and uh just spots all over the fucking place great 
Um, next match was Chris Dickinson versus uh, Kid Osborne. I fucking love this. And this was more or less Chris Dickinson kind of giving a nod to uh, Kid Osborne. And uh, he even said in like after the match, like, you know, giving a kid a match that like maybe other people wouldn't give him this opportunity that he, he specifically wanted this. And I think that's great. Um, Chris has been my favorite current performer for a while now, just because he still brings it 100 percent fucking just beating the shit out of his opponents. Uh, yeah, he could take it. He could dish it. Uh, I mean, he he still brings that hard hitting fucking wrestling that I love so much. This had, you know, the hardcore, it had the fucking uh, just ass kicking, it had all that shit. And Kit did an amazing fucking job um, taking, you know, that fucking abuse. Um, the only thing that I would say, I, I, I got to criticize Kit on not saying his performance. I think his performance was fantastic in this. And I, I don't really think that there's too much you could do offensively that's going to look crazy out of Kip on um, Chris Dickinson. But I think Kip has to find some Kip. I keep saying Kip. Kit. I, I think Kit needs to find some kind of fucking offense. So he's gotta he's gotta come up with some innovative shit or hone some kind of hard hitting something, something impactful that's gonna jump out. He's gotta find some creativity, some things that are unique to him. Stop trying to be fucking Shawn Michaels and Dolph Ziggler and all of this shit. There's already fucking one of them, you know what I mean? It, it just it's not it, just being another one of those guys that does super kicks. You're just gonna get lost in the shuffle, despite your efforts. I've always thought Kid has fucking tremendous potential, but he's got to come into his own. He's got to bring something to the table that nobody else has. Uh, he's got to put his own spin on whatever you know. You could draw from whatever influence you have, whatever inspires you, this and that. But you really gotta fucking lean into your own something. Um, so I, I'd like to see some more impactful fucking offense. You take this fucking beating from Chris Dickinson, you go great back and forth fucking action, but you got to then fucking turn it up every single time out, you know, springboard off of this into something big, you know, it's not going to be every, you know, matchup against Dickinson that people are going to, you know, ooh and ah about, and, you know, talk about, but you got to make a reason why this next one you have is going to be that much more fucking, you know, impactful than so many other things that, you know, some of this shit just goes under the radar. If you just wind up being another guy on the card, another guy in the middle of the card and this and that, I mean, you got to jump the fuck out. You got to demand fucking attention. That's it. You know, and I know Kit can fucking do it. And that's why I'm saying this shit. Not because, you know, I think he's a jerk off and this and that. I mean, that's all true. But, um, you know, I mean, I... <laughs> I I just I, I like to see this do something for him. I'd like to see him go somewhere with this. I'd like to see him get some kind of buzz around him other than Chris Dickinson beat the shit out of this kid or whatever, you know. Um Yeah, you know, he's he's been around a while and he's taken a lot of fucking beatings from a lot of guys and you know, I mean I remember years ago when he took that fucking uh power bomb off Robert Anthony, another one off of G's, and it was just like then he just went away and that was the end of him. And he's had little, you know, glimpses of this and that. You know, he tried to go out there and tournament of death, take the crazy ass fucking trampoline bump and all this other shit. And then like it just goes away and nobody remembers him and they still treat him like a joke. And it's bullshit, you know, but he's got to fucking he's he's just got to not accept that shit. He's got to go out there, fucking own it, take this fucking shit and, and run with it. Fuck that, man. Take your fucking spot and own it. That's it. Fuck everybody. 
That, that's what you got to do. You know, and I mean, look, you want to be Shawn Michaels so bad. I really hope your eyes end up just like his in the future. I mean, you know, because that's what you want. So I, I like to see people achieve their goals. Uh, <laughs> so there's uh, there, there's my talk about that. Um, they lost me after that. You know, it went from this is what I fucking loved about wrestling. Chris Dickinson versus Kid Osborne. And then it was fucking nasty Leroy versus uh, the Dilf boy Dalarano or whatever the fuck his name was. Um, and uh, this sucks. I don't know who the fuck told. Uh, I don't know. Is nasty Leroy one of these five dollar wrestling guys or what's his deal? I, I don't really know. But he showed up with a gun. The The commentary, which all the GCW commentary has ever done was like rat people out for their crimes like when people are smoking weed in the building and no one on fucking VOD would know that they let everybody know. Uh, so all of these supposed shot callers are doing nothing but ratting out their fucking staff and, and their, their fans. So he, he I guess brought a fucking gun. Cause I guess he, he carries And I guess he's got a permit and this and that, but I don't know why you needed a gun in, in fucking stalkers backyard, but apparently that's what he needed to do. Um, so they have this this bullshit comedy match. Uh, and meanwhile, Janelle is holding his gun while he's having this match. And and the announcers are going, oh, the bad boy's packing. And then, like, later on the commentary, Janelle says, oh, yeah, the cops showed up. I had to explain to them that, you know, uh, uh, you know, Nasty Leroy had a permit and he had to show his permits and this and this. And I'm just like, why the fuck is any of this happening? Uh, like... I just, it just fucking baffles me. So this just like lost my fucking interest. And, um, I tuned out for a bit. I came back. I, maybe I caught parts of the Tony Deppin thing, but I didn't know who this, uh, Chase Burnett kid was. It was all right. You know, they did some crazy shit, but I, I was annoyed by the previous match. So I was like, eh, kind of in and out outside eating fucking potato salad and shit. And I came back in and Kyle Smiley was up against Logan stunt. Which Kyle Smiley is Kyle the Beast, and by the way, like, so Kyle Smiley is uh, is a gimmick where Kyle the Beast plays like a retard, and um, let me tell you something, this is ten times better than the fucking Kyle the Beast gimmick because Kyle the Beast gimmick has always been absolute garbage. The guy could fucking work, but he's a guy who's from the woods. The winter, where, where in the fucking woods do you find face paint? Like, what the fuck? Where in the fucking woods do you find pleather gear? I don't really I, stop with this shit with the fucking woods. This guy isn't wearing like fucking like, you know, gear made out of fucking tree bark. This guy's wearing pleather fucking gear with face paint on. You know what I mean? Like cut that shit out. At least this retarded gimmick, he looked retarded. And, and then he was just like trying to be friends with the dude. And then just like fucking, he, he reminded me of the, that, uh, the guy from something about married and he touches fucking earmuff and he just fucks your, your world up. That's like what his deal was, you know, and he would like smile and then he fucking powerbomb him through some shit and he like almost killed this little fuck. Um, I, I don't like any stunts. I don't like fucking uh, Logan stunt, Marco stunt, uncle stunt. I don't, I don't like any one of these motherfuckers. Uh, I can't take them seriously. They can clearly take all sorts of abuse. I don't know what kind of fucking uh, what kind of rubber fucking bone structure they have or whatever but like they get thrown into all sorts of fucking shit and just kind of get up and keep running away i don't know if they're human I, i'm not really interested in whatever they are 
but uh yeah fuck them so there was that a uh, bunch of crazy shit and then you know after that i just kind of tuned out again i i was out fucking talking to the family and you know uh, you know and it's just like you know we just had like fucking cookout with just the people who live in the house and um you know that that was it um and uh the end i missed the whole fucking tons of people in a match match and uh then the end i saw the last match with schlack and uh jj escobar which i didn't know who the fuck that was i spent half the match trying to guess who the fuck this was under the mask and uh yeah i don't know um but that was like wrestling jackass it was like i call this stunt guy gets hit by a car and then just fucking slack drives a car into the guy um he, he strapped fucking uh well in the car first they threw a shitload of fireworks in there and it like sat in there for as long as they could and then jumped out i you know i call this fucking flaming neon and then they just you know fucking sat in there with the um, and then the finish was like, he taped fucking fireworks to this guy's like upper fucking thigh and just fucking set it off on him and fucking blew him up and then pinned him. So, you know, it was like crazy fucking stunts, you know, during the match. I guess this stunt is fine. You know, these stunts are fine. I don't, I don't like the, the little fucking underdeveloped stunts, but you know, stunts where they just tape fireworks to people and light them on fire. I guess those stunts are all right. Um, uh, so that that was that. Um, let me see. Uh, and I got to tell you, straight up, um, from what I've seen um, thus far, GCW, despite the fact that I hate Brett Lauderdale, um has been doing this fucking social distance thing better than anybody. Uh, IWA is a bunch of fucking idiots. Um, they, you know, they just fucking just did whatever. Um, let me see. I don't even understand what the fuck that is. Um, I guess they said the wrestling circus thing is going to be 24 hours. I don't even know how that, yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, like they, they did a really good fucking job. I know they had a big backyard to deal with in this and this, but, um, I think the last time they did it, they did a pretty good job too. From what I had heard, uh, I forget where they did that one, but uh, I didn't see that one, but, uh, yeah, I mean, good on them because I saw masks the whole fucking show. They were outside in the fucking heat and all of this. And they kept maintaining that shit. And you saw little, little groups of people that came together and then space in between everybody. That's good shit. I mean, if we're going to keep this shit going, it's going to have to go like that. IWA packed people in a fucking building. Um, dysfunction packed people in a fucking building. A bunch of fucking idiots. Um, uh, ICW said, uh, you know, oh, a deathmatch driving. And everyone just hopped out of their car and poured beer in each other's mouths and screamed MGK. It just, what the fuck? So, uh, you know, that's that. Um so I, um, I tuned into this, uh, the, the no holds barred one after that. Cause I was already annoyed by just all of the bullshit in between, you know, I, I saw the early good matches and then I felt like it was going to be, you know, waiting through bullshit to hope you could see some other good shit. And, uh, so I tuned into this other one and like, oh, okay, well, uh, the first thing I saw was Eddie Kingston versus Brett Ison, which, um, 
this was one of the things that I actually wanted to see. So I was happy to to have not missed that. Then I, I, I didn't fucking like it at all because uh, Kingston was just hard selling every fucking like they would get into strike exchanges and Brett Eisen would just level him and he would just go down and he would just like barely be able to pick himself up where I don't like that. I, I, I understand like Kingston selling and this and this, but Kingston's a bad motherfucker. When I see Kingston versus whoever, and they're a strong style guy, and they're they're a fucking uh, a striker, I want to see fucking Masawa versus Kobashi. I want to see Masawa versus Kawada. I want to see two bad motherfuckers beat the shit out of each other. Not like Kingston throws fucking strikes, but when Brett does, he goes the fuck down. Like I, I don't really like Kingston selling Ison as the bigger batter guy. I don't like that, especially this is home court advantage as far as Kingston goes. Brett Ison, I think, is good, and I think he could be a great player in the GCW, ICW, you know, whatever uh, realm over here. But he's still an away guy. Like his music hits the the crowd doesn't go nuts for that. The crowd's going nuts for Kingston still. So I I, I think he's still got a lot to prove. And back and forth exchanges with Kingston is fine. But Kingston playing like the weaker of the two, I, I hate the way that looks. So that's just me. I'm, you know, I'm very particular about things. But um, so I, I wasn't a big fan of that because he sold the shit out of that the whole match. Um, and then I guess his, I started to really tune out because I was annoyed with, with the way that that was going. So I started to tune out, and then I ended up hearing his music. So I guess Kingston pulled out the victory, which again, I, you know, I don't feel like he should be pulling out victories against guys, you know, when this is his fucking turf. Um, so anyway, uh, he won the match and then, uh, Kingston cut a great promo, uh, calling out other people and this and this. And again, like you're hard selling this other guy's offense to the point, like, oh, you could barely, and then you're, you have like a list of people you want to fight afterwards. So it, it just doesn't come together for me, but, um, uh, I absolutely love Kingston. I, I heard he had like a great match against Cody and, and um, showed up on, um, AEW. And that's fucking awesome. I, I love to see Kingston get any opportunity he could possibly get because, I mean, he's he's just one of the best out there. He's the best fucking promo in the business. Um, just love that guy. Um, you know, real dude, too. Um, but uh, I ended up going back because I thought it was supposed to be that Dominic Garini guy uh, versus um, Tony Deppin. That's why I thought it was, but I don't know. Um, so I went back on the, the independent TV thing to watch that. And it was like, it looked like Frankie Picard's fucking bigger cousin or some shit. And, uh, I was like, I don't, I don't even know his name's like big, big Twan, big Twan Tucker. Um, and you know, they, they had a kick-ass match and everything, but like, you know, the reason I say that too is because he came, you know, fucking big ass stomach. He's got cargo pants on. Like, fucking fucked up t-shirt and shit. Like, dude just looked like he just came from the barbecue. He, he didn't look like he, he was there to fucking wrestle. Um, I, I don't know. It's just like that same shitty Frankie Picard look. Like, he just, like, just found out wrestling was happening that day. And he's like, all right, I'll, I'll roll through, you know? Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, he, he had a great match and everything. The look is terrible. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they, they kicked ass. Um after that, I just stopped caring. It was like Tim Don's versus Eddie Only. I don't know who Eddie Only is. Uh, so much of the deathmatch shit is just dead to me. Because it's, it's, it's like a lot of the same. 
over and over and over. So I just tuned out for the majority of the show. Just went did my own thing. I caught Matt Tremont and Akira. Akira seems pretty good. I feel like he could, you know, turn himself into something in the deathmatch realm if he keeps pushing. Because he's got a little bit of a different thing. At the end, I saw uh, John Wayne Murdoch defeated Jeff King. Which Jeff King just looks like a default wrestler. Like if you create a character in one of those wrestling games, he's like the shit you start with. Um, he just d- doesn't seem like he's got any kind of gimmick or substance or whatever. He's just like basic ass dude, Jeff King. And then um, uh, I guess Jeff King won. Or no, no, no. Uh, John Wayne Murdoch won and then Gage came out and was like, I want to fight. And, you know, this is one of those things that I've seen just like when I saw that 55-minute match or whatever at IWA uh, King of the Death match, this is when Gage was still absolute savage, you know, came in out, coming out, uh, was that the first time? Might have been the first time. But, you know, he was he was a fucking still a very, very vicious Nick Gage. And, uh, yeah, like, that, I, I, don't, I don't think he could top that. So now, like, when he comes out and wrestles John Wayne Murdoch after John Wayne Murdoch already had a match... I'm not going to be really that impressed by what's going on here. So, um, that, that was that. And, uh, they seem like they're really running with John Wayne Murdoch as the guy, uh, because then John Wayne Murdoch wins him, uh, beats him too. Um, which again, I, I, I think really diminishes gauge. Not that you could diminish gauge any fucking more with, uh, the happy birthday fucking shout outs, but, um, uh, you know, and, and the, the potty training advice, but, um, yeah, like, John Wayne Murdoch beat him after beating another guy. That's fucking wild. And then, uh, fucking, uh, oh, and then I went back, um, because I had heard that the Schlack versus John Wayne Murdoch off of the last thing was a really good match. And it was. It was wild as fuck. John Wayne Murdoch looks like he's, he's like, pregnant with twins. And, um... He must be getting like all the pizza requests he's he's sending the fans have must have been all fulfilled. Like he's got like an Amazon wish list of snacks and they're being fucking fulfilled because that motherfucker is fatter than shit. Um, I don't know what the fuck. I, I just I, I never understand when people just continue to, you know, they're in the public eye, even if it's deathmatch wrestler to just get like fucking morbidly obese and then take your shirt off and be around. It's just, I don't fucking get it. Um, speaking of morbidly obese, uh, insane lane, I guess, dropped a shitload of weight. I saw a picture or something that he, he dropped a bunch of weight. I mean, I, I can't imagine it's going to amount to anything in the wrestling world, but, um, you know, there you go. Um, so now he's a slimmer racist. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's about it. I mean, you know, maybe I'll check out some of that fucking uh, deathmatch circus thing. But I can't imagine, like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. I got to be doing, like, nothing. And I can't imagine I'm going to watch enough of a part of it that's going to work for me. Because, you know, if it's 24 hours, what's the chance that the fucking one hour or two hours that I watch of it is going to be any fucking good? I don't know. Um... Especially like uh, Dickinson won't work for ICW, so that's that's no good for me because that's that's one of the things I look forward to the most. Um, you know, as far as a wrestling show, if I go, well, okay, what's what's Dickinson doing on it? That's not going to work. But I think uh, I think uh, 
GCW is doing like a double header or something coming up too. So I, I don't fucking know if I watch any of it, but sometimes I ain't doing shit. Uh, most times I'm not doing shit. If I'm home and it's just on, I just go, hey, yeah, I'll turn it on. And, um, you know, see if I could see something more times than not. I'm annoyed with everything I'm seeing and hearing and shit. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, I think if there's anything else I got here, uh, it does two shows and all of that shit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, uh, pretty much covering everything. I did all the plugs and all of this, uh, I said I, I appreciate everybody uh, listening all the years and all of this. Fucking 10 years is a long fucking time. Um, I mean, I know I've completely transformed from the 10 years I've started doing it. And uh, I feel like I definitely found somewhat of a groove. I don't know if I'd call myself great at this. But when I do listen to some of the other podcasts that are out there, I consider myself the god of podcasting. But that's only compared to others who shouldn't even speak to their family because they're so bad at communicating that, uh, I can't imagine why they would record it and put it out to the world. But, um, you know, I mean, that's just my own, uh, critical ear, I guess you'd call it. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's about all I got. Um, I'll see what goes on with this thing. I'm going to try to troubleshoot it in this and that, but if not, I, you know, Maybe she will record again for me next week or, or in a week after whenever I get around to doing another one. So I, I'm not re really sure what's going on. So, um, but yeah, I think that's about all I got. And uh, thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.